everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Morale Booster with John Ugun. And today I have with me a very intelligent woman. Her name is Jane Ryan. Jane Ryan is an emotional intelligence scholar. She is a transformational leader as well. And today she's going to tell us about herself, how she got into the industry she currently is. So, um, Jane, thank you for joining us on the program. Thank you, John. I'm excited to speak to you and share my story. My pleasure. I know it's been back and forth, you know, trying to have you on the show, but I thank God you finally made it today. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I know you're a very busy person. I got the time right this time. <laughs> right, right, right. That's good. Okay, so, Jane, um, my listeners... Are currently eager to hear from you you know could you please tell us who Jane Ryan is mm, it's a loaded question yes I ask lots of loaded questions yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's a good question you know to be to ask I ask it in my coaching all the time is you know who who are you right, um, right. do we do we understand ourselves and um, if we don't that's what we need to find out. So my, my current, where's my life begin? Let's see. So to start today with, I have my own coaching practice where I primarily work with executives that are in either life or career transition, transformation, um, or they're just starting a, a new position with a new organization. And so I'm coaching them on how to achieve their goals, basically, right? right. I would say 80% of my clients are all in career transition. That wasn't my goal when I first set out. Um, it was God that, you know, decided that's where Jane should be and what she should be doing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, so it's interesting how it evolves. Um, I began my career let's see so i'll age myself but <laughs> i started i started uh in global human resource consulting 20 years ago okay. probably more like 30 years ago and because i built a career of in that field working for the world's largest consulting firm and that's how i started in this whole transformation if you will wow. I, um, I was blessed to be able to travel the world and work with fortune 50 companies at a very young age right. and it opened my eyes to the world of big business and uh, and people because it, the firm I worked with was always specialized you know it specialized in talent talent management leadership development um, while I spent I had to know everything right under the HR umbrella. So, you know, right. you touch everything, but I gravitated towards the things that really helped organizations become successful through their people. And a lot of that had to do with behavioral change and understanding, making sure you have the right people in the right seats and 
understanding cultures and integration and all that stuff. And so I got involved in mergers and acquisitions from a cultural integration perspective, um, from a human perspective, rather than, you know, all the money and transactions and the business side, even though that was critical, right? If an organization is not successful, its people won't be either. So we want both. That's true. (laughs) So that's kind of the world I grew up in. Um, I always say I grew up in because I spent <laughs> a lot of time doing that. Oh, okay. and then, and then what happened? So I, um, I loved what I did. And as the, the firms began to, a lot of the consulting firms back then were uh, private and then they went public and then they started to consolidate. And today you can see that very evidently where a lot of big firms have come into one. Right. Um, so after 20 years of doing that, I, I had to uh, think about what I was starting to get burnt out. You know, I was just, I don't know if it was really burnt out from the sense of being stressful, burnt out. It was more, I was bored. I needed something um, more meaningful. And I realized I was also at an age where I wanted to do something more meaningful. Um, and, um, you know, when you start to get middle-aged and beyond, you, you, you should be thinking about those things. Is what I'm doing meaningful? And um, what's the legacy I'm really going to leave behind? Legacy. That's, that's a good one. And, and I do, I coach, I end up coaching my, my clients on that, um, no matter what age they are. Um, so what happened was um, I got married. I had a daughter. My husband passed away. Oh. He, had, he had leukemia, um, which was so rest in peace. Yes, thank you. But you know, with every with every tragedy or sadness, there's a silver lining if you look for it, right? So my daughter was eight years old at the time, and she um, she was she came. We lived in the hospitals basically for two years, right? Oncology, the oncology floor, and all that, and went through bone marrow transplants, and just it was just like a two-year blur of trying to work through everything that needed to be done, right? And um, the great news is his transplant was successful. It wasn't. Um, he was the type of person that um, couldn't sit still. <laughs> and behave himself and do what the doctor said. And so he got on an airplane without an immune system afterwards. And that's what actually ended <laughs> his life more than the, the, it wasn't the cancer. Um, that may have happened, who knows, but that was on God's hands. But the, yeah, I, I, com- I commiserate with you on your loss. Thank you. It's, it's a long time ago now. Uh, yes. That was back in 2000. Wow, it's been a while. so but the reason I bring that up is there is a silver lining and we have to look at our lives and what takes place and through all that my daughter um, actually today is a very specialized pediatric hematology neuro okay okay but see that's the silver lining she she experienced in her young years and went through really impacted her life, whether we knew that at that time or not. So or there's, not. yes, go it influenced her. It, it, it was part of, it was, it was part of what molded her. Yes. Yes, very much so. And so, um, I share that because that was part of my journey and 
when when Katie was graduating from high school and getting ready to go into college, I knew I was going to have like major separation anxiety and I um, needed to do something. So what happened though was that was in 2007. I left Global Consulting in 2003 in search of myself, right? Yeah. Who I want to do next. I want to find that more meaningful uh, life. And for me, um, I tried a few different things and kind of just got lost in it all, really. But it was a time of self-discovery. And right. what I ended up doing was going back to school um, to finish my degrees because I never finished. My career took off when I was very young. I was in school. I was going to Georgetown, actually. thought I was going to be a lawyer. Okay. Back then, you didn't have distance learning. And oh, yeah. uh, I started to travel. So that... That didn't last very long, and then my career took off, but which was wonderful. I learned all these things, and I got to work with some amazing people around the world and very uh, and just smart businessmen and women and individuals. And so why do I share that? So let me think. So fast forward. So I did that, did my soul searching, then went back to school. Then Katie's graduating, um, and... It was interesting because we were both, I went right into my master's and then into my doctorate and she was going into undergrad and knew she wanted to be a doctor at that point. Right. So, um, so all that took place. And what, I, what happened was in 2007 was really, even though I had started my, my own coaching practice before that, I didn't get real serious about it until 2007. And Partly that was just my fault because I started coaching and then I'd get scared because I didn't have any money coming in and I'd, right. Grab, right, and I'd dabble in coaching and I'd get scared because I needed that money. Cause here I am a single mom. I have a mortgage. I have a daughter getting ready to go to college. I was still in, I was in college. It was, um, you know, probably not the, in hindsight, I thought, and I, I would say that to myself, it wasn't probably the best time to go back to, uh, to go on my own. <laughs> yeah. I become a solopreneur. Um, but I knew if that was my passion and my heart, and that's what I really wanted to do, and I, I believe that was the direction uh, God took me in, that that was right. That's what I yeah. needed to do. Yeah. There, there, there's never a right time to do anything right, because if you're waiting for the right time, you will definitely wait for eternity. You'll wait forever, right? You're right. So, so uh, yeah. there's never a right time. All you need to do is to uh, have that vision, mm -hmm. have a passion for what you intend to get into, and take action immediately. Action is the most important thing, and that is what you do. I'm sorry, that is what you did. You That's what I did. Action. Yeah. yeah. That's so true. <clears throat> At some point, if you're serious about what you want to do, you have to just bite the bullet and do it. And so I knew I had to radically downsize. Um, I knew I wouldn't be making the money that I used to make. Money um, you were used to. <laughs> what I used to. So I had, I radically downsized. I mean, right. I radically. So one of the things you have to do if you're thinking about going into uh, coaching or, you know, or counseling or whatever your, you know, future in this area field might be is you're not going to make any money necessarily right away. Right. And, right. and, and you, that is, that, is, that is 101. 
lesson 101 <laughs> the ability for you to readjust and refocus on the new goals yes i like that so it was um it was a time of refinement for myself um and I think you just have to be ready to do that, even if it means you're eating ramen or peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Or <laughs> All right. It wasn't uncommon for me at times. Uh, the starving student, I was trying to build a business at the same time. But it was all worth it. And But you'll remember, towards the end of 2007 and 2008 was when the whole economy really tanked. Yes. So again, Jane, why would you want to do this now, right? And, and that's how I got into, though, that's how God led me and opened the doors to doing career um, transition, life transition, transformation. Okay. Uh, because the only work I could get that I was getting was, you know, the, the Lee Hex or the right managements, the career outplacement firms were bringing me in as a contractor to do workshops and one-on-one -on -one coaching and helping people rebuild their lives after they've been let, let off. And because I had done so much in psychology when I was in consulting, okay. the behavioral change and all that type of stuff, that's how I decided to go into psychology. Oh, okay. Like, so I always say I did my, re my career in reverse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. It's at least it's it's working for you, or rather, it worked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had, but I had to think about what is it. One of the things I had to do, John, was think about what is it that I've done in my past. What are all the things I've done in my past? All the things that I'm good at, my experiences, and what I'm really good at, strong at, right? And what am I passionate about? And yeah. then you have to reflect on those things and then repackage it in a way that says, this is going to be valuable to X, right. to whomever finds value in that, whoever needs that, whether that's someone going into you know, a new career and a new job, whether it's someone that wants to um, go into coaching, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it is. And so I used all of my experiences to come to the reality and the conclusion that I'm doing today what I should be doing and what God has sent me to do. That's and, correct. And I love what I do. I love, I'm passionate about it. And I don't do it to make millions of dollars. I do it to uh, pay my bills <laughs> and help, help get student loan debt paid off at some right. point for myself and my daughter. Um, and <laughs> To truly live life and help others is mm -hmm. why I do it. And I think all, each of us has a unique gift. And you have to understand what that gift is and put it to work, right? That's true. <clears throat> That's true. Because uh, there are so many people out there who are struggling with different kinds of things. Mm -hmm. You know, just a word from you that you might think is irrelevant might heal someone out there. So that, like what you said, look out for what you have a passion for mm -hmm. and use it for the common good. Use it to better the lives of others. I, I concur with what you said. So now uh, we're talking about you being an emotional intelligence 
scholar. So what, what, what does that mean? What, what exactly, because my listeners would like to know what that means. Well, before, even before um, emotional intelligence was even known, I was studying it when I was in consulting. Okay. Um, it was social intelligence. It was um, because a lot of my work was around, uh, you know, workforces and people collaboration and teams and, and that, but also cultural integration and diversity. And we didn't even call it diversity and inclusion back then. It was just how do we work well together and understand each other. Right. And, um, and so in my research, I, I fell, I, I guess I fell upon the um, Daniel Goleman, who was, this is in early, late 1980, early 1990s was when Daniel Goleman took the research that John Mayer and uh, Peter Salovey had been doing on social intelligence and the, and two very prominent psychologists. And what? um, <laughs> Daniel, what they did and really brought it mainstream. And I, think that, I always say that Daniel's, he's my mentor. He, I've told him that a few times because we're connected. <laughs> uh, but whether he even remembers me or not, but it was, he had, he had an impression on my life way back then, right. That drove me to say, I want to learn more. I want to learn more about that. And so I became fascinated with emotional intelligence and what it does and how we all have it. And the cool thing is if we understand it, we can get better at it. We can sharpen right. it. Right. And it really is about how we can communicate better, build rapport, build relationships that are meaningful, and succeed in our lives and in our careers by having greater empathy and understanding of others, um, by understanding ourselves, having self-control. Um, yeah. Self-control isn't just what comes out of our mouth and our behaviors, but it's what goes on in our heads, right? Yeah whole neuroscience of that is what uh, fascinated me. And then when I went to school, I started really studying more neuroscience and um, right. neurobiology and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's, that's a good one because in my own practice, I, I, I utilize neuro-linguistic uh, programming. Yes. Yeah, yes. and it's, it's very, very effective, mm -hmm. you know, so... I understand, I quite understand exactly what you're talking about. That's so right. Now, let me say, basically, you do more of mindset coaching or do you do, what, what kind of coaching do you do? I've developed my own coaching methodology with the foundation built from emotional intelligence and, my, and in my research and in my dissertation, I've been testing techniques that will strengthen specific competencies within EQ, but also your overall EQ, right? And so I help people through assessments and testing, have greater self-awareness of who they are, what right. their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, what areas they need to work on as far as their interpersonal skills, their emotional intelligence. Um, and so these techniques I've been testing um, work right but it's all about and you know with lp you know it, it's about where how serious are you about 
making some changes happen. H how serious are you about wanting to be better and be everything that you can be? Mm -hmm. And it takes time to build good habits right. and, and get rid of bad habits. And right. through techniques and application, you can strengthen your emotional intelligence. Um, through neuroplasticity, right? Through our brain thrives on efficiencies. It yes. wants to, you know, do what is right, but it can also do what is wrong if we don't guide it correctly. All right. All right. Okay. That's a good one. So I guess my listeners are currently picking a few things from what we're saying now. So um, apart from you going back to school, Mm -hmm. um, for those people who currently do not have the means to get into school at this time and are eager to realign with their dreams, do you mm -hmm. have any advice for people like that? Yes, because I didn't have the money. <laughs> <laughs> Remember so, back then, I was poor. <laughs> right. And I was, my first and, and foremost priority was my daughter, you know, to be able to get her through college. And um, I think if you, I believe that your, your education is your investment in yourself. And today, you know, there's, there's all types of student loans and scholarships and grants and ways that you can get money to go to school. If, if you're, you know, financially disadvantaged, there's a lot of programs out there to get it. Now, are you going to have debt? Yes. Yep, you are. And what do you do with that? Well, you figure it out. <laughs> My feeling is you figure it out when you get there. You All know, right. first let's get through it. Let's get the knowledge and education that we need, All that right. we want, that we feel passionate about, and, um, you know, figure out how we're going to do it. Yeah, so what about for... Um for for example, women who have young kids mm -hmm. and you know they do not have anyone who would help them look after those kids and they are passionate about something and that thing truly needs them to be educated on that thing. What advice would you give to them? Like typically what I would say is when you know what you want, mm -hmm. the first thing to do is to look for alternatives. Even if you feel there is no way out with the children, we thank God for distance learning these days. We sure. thank God for, <laughs> you know, you can learn even from the comfort of your home, from your, from anywhere. Right. So, right. Education does not necessarily have to be the four walls of a university. Yeah. No, not at all. I didn't. Yes. All online was completed online because I worked a full-time job. Right. I, I had a yeah, <laughs> Right. So I always say, first of all, know what you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. If you want to get into the technology space, there's so many programs out there. Mm -hmm. that you could do free, one. True. There's free ones as well. Yeah, free ones, yeah. You know, I also have a non-profit organization and uh, we support people when they want to take trainings such as, you know, those non-university trainings. You know, if they want to acquire skills other than going through the university, 
Right. You know, look out for programs like that. Look out for, you know, there are a lot of grants out there. Do your research. Lack of research is the first mistake anybody can make. <laughs> Lack of knowledge is the mistake, right? That's it. That's but, it. But not everyone knows how to do it, you know, and, and it is. You do have to research. Research in the sense of, you know, see what's out there. Uh, Google right. it. Um, there's a lot of really good uh, opportunities out there that are either free or don't cost that much, or they do cost, but a lot, there's a lot of resources out to people that want to learn and build a trade um, or go, you know, get a degree uh, that can really help. Where the only thing that stops us is our minds. Yes, that's true. That's true. Everything is in the mind. The mind can stop you. It can help you grow. Yes. So anything you think of can be achieved. But yes. all you need to do is make that move. Take action. Right. And be in network with the right people. Get Networking. Yeah. advice from the right people. Many, everyone has an opinion. And we'll, yes. We're glad we share it. And that's wonderful. But not everyone knows how to share the right information. That is true. That is true. So um, if for my listeners out there, if they want to reach out to you for um, coaching services, mm -hmm. uh, what kind of, what kind of, um, do you have any restrictions? Do you have any particular types of uh, clients you work with? I, John, I try to help anyone that reaches out to me. I, I've worked, while primarily I work with executives, I also work with all different types of uh, individuals. I've, I've helped college students before going into college figure out what they want to, you know, get a degree in, or when they come out, how do they network and get a job. Um, I've helped um, military um, men and women transition into civilian. Um, I do a lot of pro bono work with moms uh, or women that want to re-enter the workforce after taking time off to either get married, raise a family, take care of loved ones, or took a break, <laughs> you know? Um, so, Excuse me. Uh, if, if someone wants to talk to me about how I can help them, I'm always open to do that. If I'm not the right one, I'll refer them to someone who can, because coaching, coaching is a very, um, yeah, there's chemistry. You have to, you have to trust your coach. You have to feel good about working with your coach. Right. You, there has to be a, a connection. And also though, that coach needs to have a credible background and proven success in helping people. Right. Coaching practice. The other thing I would say is that I, I really am dogmatic about is that all of my coaching is measurable. And I always say, I learned that from my consulting years because everything we did uh, in consulting had to be measurable for these big organizations to, you know, pay it, right? To yes. pay what it costs. And so it's part of my coaching methodology and design and model. Everything is measurable. And, and it needs to be. So whether someone comes to me or I refer them or they search on their own make sure that what you're going to be getting out of this is measurable 
right 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 that's 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 a good one yeah well uh okay yeah and, uh, so to reach me, right? I think the one of the best ways to reach me is through LinkedIn, okay. uh, because I'm I I get I, I'm on that quite frequently. My network is huge there. I post blogs and things like that. There, that's where I'm most active. But I'm also active in all different parts of social media uh, as well. Just okay. Kind of are you on Are you on Facebook? I I am, but you know what? That's probably the one the one that I don't use that much. Um, I focus more on my professional social networking, which is LinkedIn, which is more LinkedIn. But yeah. Twitter um, and Facebook has it now too. So I push information to Facebook, but I'm not on it regularly. Okay, uh, what about Instagram? Instagram as well. I'll put so I will push information out. Okay. Probably the two I use the most right now is definitely LinkedIn um, or Twitter. Or Twitter, okay. All right, so um, to my listeners, Jane is an emotional intelligence scholar. She is a life strategist. She is uh, a transformational leader. And um, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you do speaking? Yes. Motivational yes, I speaking? I do. I speak. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So you you currently live, um, you, the last time we spoke, you were on your way to... North Carolina. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, do spend, I try to spend as much time there as I can because that's where my daughter is. Right. Uh, and because my coaching is virtual... So I yes. do all my coaching via Zoom sessions just like this. Right. Um, maybe there's some times where organizations will want me on site, um, or if I'm out speaking, of course, then that's when I'm, you know, not at the computer. But for my one-to-one -one coaching, I find it very efficient, very effective, um, and focused when I do it through Zoom. Right, right. You know, the, the world is a global village right now. Mm -hmm. you know, we thank God for technology. You can yeah. be holding meetings from the comfort of your home, and it's a good thing. So uh, for those of you listening right now, you can always reach out to Jane. for You can book a session with her. Her contact information is currently displaying on the screen. So if you have any challenges reaching out to her, feel free to contact me, and I'll be more than willing to connect you with her. She's a very intelligent person, trust me. She's somebody you would want to work with. She's somebody who would be able to help you bring out the results that you're looking for. And remember, in coaching, you have to understand that coaching is completely different from therapy. A coach does not offer therapy. If you need therapy, then you have to look for a therapist. <laughs> so a coach works with you to help you achieve your own goals. Yes. Everybody knows what they want, but they do not have the tools to achieve those goals. So a coach will be able to help you provide the tools required for you to succeed. And even sometimes they don't, you know, John, if they don't know exactly what they want, you know, they have yeah. an idea. Yes. Um, it's a coach can help, a good coach can help you do that. Yes, that's true. So if you're going through any mental block, 
if you if you have limiting beliefs which everybody tends to have reach out to jane she will be able to help you so i thank you all for listening and jane thank you for joining us on this program yeah. it's a program we would want you to come back on so i hope when next we reach out to you you will definitely come back on the program. i would love to I'm, I'm excited to have the opportunity now and to have this conversation with you and everyone listening and i would love to help um i don't want anyone to don't hesitate to connect with me on linkedin ask me questions i'm i'm always open to do that all right right thank you very much and i look forward to having you on so many more episodes we just started though but it can only get better cool i'm, I'm happy to awesome <laughs> awesome you, nice talking to you yeah.